Welcome to the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey there, this is Danielle. And this is Jamie. Welcome to episode nine of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. Today is all about the second tool in the, as we call it, the toolkit of the four marketing tools that every influencer should have. And we're talking all about media kits. This was so much fun. This was my first interview, Danielle. I spoke to Melissa Colbertson of Blog Clarity all about media kits. Melissa, oh my gosh. She's amazing. She, I love her. She's so much fun. First, she's Southern. And mm-hmm. I could literally <laughs> listen to anyone who's Southern all day long. Uh, but she was so great. She has so much great information. And I, I loved chatting with her. And I did my first interview, which was awesome. That's and great. I can't wait to listen. So I'm going to tell you something really funny about that interview, which uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to share it. I did that interview from my closet because, as you may hear, there is massive construction going on outside of my apartment, which oh, is the joys of working from home. Oh, oh man, it is. It's driving me insane. I, I don't know what's going on out there, but whatever it is, it's loud. It interrupts everything <laughs> and it is frustrating me to no end. So my interview with Melissa, I was like in a corner <laughs> in my closet <laughs> holding my microphone, hoping that no one could hear the insane noise outside. Tell me about some of your work at home frustrations because I this think is driving me nuts. Seen, you've seen my work at home frustrations <laughs> happen when we've been on calls. And anybody who has done any type of video conference call with me has likely seen this. Um, I have cats. And um, what is it that we said I am, Jamie, a cat lady lifestyle expert recently? Oh, no. We- <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs> so that's me. I am a cat lady. And but the thing is, I have hairless cats. And so they're um, if you are not familiar with them, they can be startling the first time that you see them. And they love to walk in the background. And I was in a video conference the other day and they started fighting right behind <laughs> me. So everybody could see it. It was just one of those moments where I was like, I'm sorry. And what do you do? You just kind of move the cats away and just hope everybody (laughs) forgets about it. Your cats see into my soul. Whenever they pop up on a video call when we're talking, I feel as if they know everything about me just by looking at me. They scare me and they delight me. (laughs) I can't wait for your next trip to Vegas because I really want you to meet them in person and be just as startled by them there. I'm coming in January. So those cats are going to know me and love me. And it's on. I'm going to be afraid of them. <laughs> Even though I was crouched in a corner. <laughs> trying and not because have, of my cats this time. <laughs> exactly. Trying to have a very professional interview with Melissa. Um, it went fantastic. I loved chatting with her and she gave some unbelievable information stuff. I didn't know about media kits, which was so great. And she answered all of the questions that I see people posing uh, in groups and So it's a lot of really great information. Okay, Jamie, Melissa is one of my favorite people. And I don't know if everybody knows about who she is and her really awesome background. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yes, she has an amazing background. She's a marketer, a blogger, and she wrote a book, Blog Design for Dummies. Her website is Blog Clarity, which 
when anyone ever mentions a course, I feel like Blog Clarity is one of the first ones that comes up. Through Blog Clarity, she helps bloggers and business owners find aha moments, as she puts it, which I love, with online courses. She has over 17 years of marketing experience and the part that I fangirled a little over. She works at Burt's Bees, which I love that brand so much. She's their assistant manager for brand engagement in digital. Very cool stuff. Yes, that's awesome. I'm so excited to hear this, Jamie. But now let's take a quick word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Media Kit Smash from Blog Clarity. Media kits are one of the four marketing tools that we believe every influencer should have in their toolkit. It's a critical piece that helps you get the sponsorship deals you want for your business. From which stats to include, to writing your bio, to Canva templates, Media Kit Smash has what you need to create a media kit that will wow potential partners. I've personally taken Media Kit Smash and I think the content is amazing. We love this course so much that we became affiliates. You can learn more about Media Kit Smash at businessease.com slash Media Kit Smash. I am so excited to be here with Melissa Culbertson today. Welcome, Melissa. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Last week, we talked to Jenny Melrose about pitching, and this week, we are thrilled you could join us to talk about another really important marketing tool in an influencer's arsenal, which is media kits. But before we get into the media kits, I want our listeners to learn a little bit more about you. So can you tell us a little bit about when you started blogging and how you got into this world? I actually started back in 2009. I was pregnant with my youngest um, son and I wanted a creative outlet. Um, so I actually wrote, I had like a personal blog first, writing about like the outdoors and hiking and stuff with the kids. And then I started like a weekly series. My background's marketing. And I started a weekly series about marketing for like bloggers, just because I kind of felt like there was a need for something like that. Um, and there wasn't many people blogging about blogging at the time and like kind of the parenting blog world. And then next thing I know, like no one really cared about my kids. They just wanted to know the marketing tips. So <laughs> I eventually just like spun that off into its own blog which is now what Blood Clarity is, kind of my, my origin story on how I ended up where I am with that. And then I started with an ebook first, was my first product years ago. And then I actually kind of got into courses after that, which was back in my first course, which I still sell today, which is um, an updated version, of course, but it's a uh, content brew. And that was like back in 2012. So there really weren't many e-courses. I know now you see them all the time, but there weren't many back then. <laughs> Your courses are amazing. I mean, every person that I talk to is just goes <laughs> on. Pretty much any time in any Facebook group I'm in that someone talks about a course, your mm -hmm. name comes up. Um, so what made you decide to launch a course the first time around? Well, it was really just wanting to... I just had like this itch to teach, you know, something like I had the ebook, but the ebook was someone buys it and they download it and you don't, you know, you don't know how they're doing with it. You don't know, you know, if they have questions, unless they email you, you know, you just kind of, it was a stopping point. And I really wanted something that was really more in the, you know, realm of actually having that one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone being able to answer their questions directly, like via Facebook groups and stuff. So it was really more to kind of, 
really be able to help someone versus just giving them an ebook and hoping they got what I was trying to tell them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You talked about one of your courses. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more. You mentioned your site, Blog Clarity. Maybe Mm -hmm. you could tell us a little bit more about Blog Clarity and what other types of courses that you offer. In addition to the Media Kit course, I have Content Brew, like I mentioned. That was my first course I created. Um, And then I revamped it last year. So it's it's pretty much exploded in in the amount of content that I provided in the course. Um, And then Pinning Perfect is probably the most well-known course that I have. And it is about how to master Pinterest with driving traffic back to your site. And I co-teach that with Anna Luther. And it's just been that one has just really been um, really what's propelled Blog Clarity into kind of the course world and getting getting known as far as, you know, people recommending the course. So we have total between all three courses, I have probably like 2,500 students, um, maybe a little more. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, those are some huge numbers. I love that. I can't not ask you about Burt's Bees because I am completely, (laughs) obviously obsessed with that brand and I know that you work with them. So tell us a little bit about your work that you do with Burt's Bees. It's funny because I'm actually in a transition period with Burt's. Actually starting Monday, I am going to be on board like 32 hours a week with Burt's. I've been in the past, like I started as a community manager and it was a perfect kind of 20 hours a week and I didn't, you know, I wanted to have... I didn't want to work full time, but I still wanted to be in the, have my foot in the corporate world. And then it morphed into social media strategy and I was working a little more, but still trying to stay back and be part time. (laughs) Now, even though 32 hours is technically part time, it is, um, the position is slightly different and coming on board to actually, instead of being like a contract employee to being an employee employee, which is super exciting for me. So that actually, that starts Monday. So very timely. (laughs) Oh, okay. um, Congratulations. Thank you. So I handle all the social media for Burt's. Some of it, you know, we, we work with a lot of agencies on different things. So we work with, um, and we get to work with the social media platforms directly. So working with Pinterest directly, Facebook slash Instagram, it's great to have their insights on our creative and, you know, the things that we're doing, our, our, our website and our um, social media channels. And it's just been an awesome ride. I've been there over five years. <laughs> So you really see all sides of sort of influencer marketing, social media, uh, from both a brand perspective as a blogger. So let's talk media kits. We get questions about media kits all the time. Um, And the first thing people ask is, why do I even need a media kit? Can you tell us why influencers, why it's important for them to have one? Yeah, this is definitely my two cents. But to me, a media kit shows that you are serious about your blog. I think so many times people get into blogging and they're trying to decide if they are a hobby or if they're trying to build a business from it. You know, the media kit really just says, hey, I am serious about about it. And it's a professional and polished way to show like brands what you offer them. I just think that any blogger who does any type of sponsored work really does need a media kit. We say that all the time. Uh, One Mm -hmm. of the biggest things that we see from people when we talk to them in our groups or at conferences is always that difference between treating it like a business and having mm. those sort of professional things that you can send out. What what are the basic components of a media kit? So when I think of media kits, I think of, you know, I think lots of times bloggers and small business owners want to just 
you know, throw like your basic stats in there, which are great. You know, you want your stats, you want something about your blog, you want something about you. But I think one thing that often gets missed is really describing their audience to the the brand. Because if you get think you have to think about like what a brand is looking at and they're wanting to work with you because they want your audience. They can only get that from what you tell them. So you have to tell them what they what they like, what they what's the most popular content that you have that they read. And so the better picture that you can present of who they are, the better idea that, you know, the picture in the head in their head that the brand can get and say, okay, well that sounds like our target audience. This is someone who I want to work with. And in addition to that, I also think testimonials are an opportunity where people often don't include. And it can be and a lot of people are like, well, I haven't worked with brands yet. So what should I include? And you can actually, if you've worked with a brand, great. You can get a testimonial from them, but also get testimonials from your readers. I'm sure everyone listening has gotten at least one email or one comment on a Facebook post saying, I love what you did with this, or I love, you know, your voice, or I love all the crafts you come up with, all the recipes you come up with. That can be a testimonial as long as you get permission from them, you know? That's fantastic advice. I I never would have even thought about that as using that as a testimonial. And Mm -hmm. that probably would be great to what you also said about showing the brand who your audience is. Yeah. And, and, you know, in addition to that, you know, any little bits of like anything tangible nuggets you can add about the, who your audience is, is helpful. So not only just like the demographics, like how many percent are female to male or, you know, what is their average age, but you can go deeper into like those psychographic things on like they're eco-friendly shoppers or they shop on a budget or maybe they're different and they're luxury buyers. They, they often, take long vacations. Like there's different things that you can do and you can even tailor your media kit. You can have like a template one that you create. And then depending on the brand that you're sending it to, you can tweak that media kit. Sometimes little tweaks can make a big difference because it's just kind of like you wouldn't send out the same cover letter to a job for everyone. You wouldn't necessarily always want to send out the exact same media kit either. That's such great advice. I love that. The thing you mentioned that I keep thinking about is stats. Everyone's always talking about <laughs> what stats, yeah. what do I include? What do you think uh, influencers should be looking at? Which stats and what are most effective to include? When you think about kind of what what brands are looking for um, in social media, they're looking at Instagram's really hot, you know. So even if you don't have a strong Instagram presence, I think it's still important to list Instagram. Facebook stats for sure. And then from there, you know, it really depends on what you're planning to offer. So for example, if you offer a sponsored package and you're including social shares to Pinterest and to Twitter and things like that, then definitely include those. But I wouldn't say you need to list like every single stat for every single platform, especially the ones that you may not be focusing on all that much, you know, with your blog. Mm -hmm. And then for blogging, for your blogging stats, definitely your page views and your unique monthly visitors. So lots of times that's called UMV. And that is important to brands because, again, they're trying to reach your audience. And so they want to know how many people that is. And this gives them an idea of how many people Page views gives them an idea of how much content people are consuming. So, you know, if you have one person who visited three pages, 
that's three page views and one unique visitor. But at the end, at the core, they're looking at your audience. So that is a really, really key thing to include. I'm sensing a theme here, Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Audience. 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 (laughs) I love it. And also customization. It sounds like, you know, one size doesn't fit all with a media kit and Mm -hmm. your idea of a template makes so much sense, but it sounds like to be most effective, you sort of need to tweak it for each one, which like you said, it'll make the brand feel, I think a little more special. Yeah. And even if, you know, for example, there's a lot of bloggers who would consider themselves lifestyle. They may write, do recipes, but they also do crafts and they also do stories about parenting. And so showing someone in your media kit that your recipe is, you know, that this recipe did X number, um, like had these, these results when they're looking for parenting, you know, sponsor content isn't as relevant as if you can just create, you know, just tweak those slightly and create, you know, another, another media kit for that particular type of content. That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like if you get that good template going, it won't be that much work. It's sort of a a bunch of work on the front end and then a little Mm -hmm. bit of work each time. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, another question that I often get is like, I'm a growing blogger. I don't have these big stats. Is that going to hurt me, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't always have to just be the numbers. I mean, I do think you definitely have to include the unique monthly views and the page views. But if you find that people are coming to your site and they're staying on there a long time or that you grew I mean, from say you had a hundred viewers one month or, and then the next month you had 200. Well, that's a pretty big percent increase, right? It's double. So you can use numbers like percentage increases, um, and to show growth and use that to complement your numbers. So your numbers don't just stand alone and people don't look at those in a silo. I like that. And it sounds like also, um, engagement. You know, you're talking about audience. You're not just mm-hmm. talking about number of eyeballs, but the number of yeah. people who are interested in looking at your content, who are interact content, who are interacting with you, also makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, if you get great engagement on Instagram, even if you have smaller numbers, show that. And even if you have big numbers and you still get great engagement, definitely show that too. But if you can show them that each post gets X percent of engagement, then that's really telling, you know, for what? for them. What's the best way for influencers to present a media kit to a brand? I think personally that a PDF is the the best way to package it because not only because you get the design like you want, because what happens is sometimes if you send things in an email or if you send things in like a Word document or something, you never know what can happen to the formatting. But if it's a PDF, it's going to stay how it is. Um, So it gives you a lot of control. But one of the things I think a lot of people miss sometimes is having an, a page on their blog for opportunities. So like a PR advertising page, a lot of people call it a work with me page, something like that, that gives the brand who's visiting your blog a signal that you do work with brands. And that is something you're interested in. One of the things that you can do from there is, you know, give some of the information on that page, but then always ask for them to contact you for that PDF for like the full media kit. Because what happens is once you get that, once they contact you, you have someone to talk talk with, right? If you just give everything to them on your website, they can just download your PDF media kit and be done. And then you've never established that connection with them. We talk so much about that when uh, Danielle and I will sometimes go to conferences and speak about mm-hmm. negotiation. One of the biggest things we talk about is that 
person to person contact. <laughs> yeah. And we get a lot of pushback from people, from bloggers about phone calls, <laughs> getting on the phone. We joke about I it. Get on the phone. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm that, that one-on-one engagement is so important and it makes you stand out. Uh, and so I love the idea of including a little, just a teaser bit of information. Yeah. What do you, what do you think is most effective to include on that about me page or work with me page for an influencer? I mean, I think first just setting the stage of what you do offer. So it doesn't have to be detailed. It could be like a bulleted list of here are the type of things that you offer, like sponsor posts, speaking opportunities, you know, event coverage, et cetera, et cetera. And then they can take your media kit or request your media kit to get the the download on that. I wouldn't throw too many. I mean, some people will throw a lot of stats in there. Personally, I think it's better to ask the, you know, get the request of the media kit to get that information, but also links to some of the sponsor content that you've done, anything like that, even testimonials. It doesn't have to be a ton, um, just like little, little teasers of what you would put in that full media kit. Going back to testimonials, what is a good length for a testimonial or information that you think is most effective to include in a testimonial? I think length, it depends on, I mean, I've seen ones that I'm like, oh, that looks really long, but it's so good. It's like, you wouldn't really want to cut anything out. (laughs) Um, And the problem with super short ones is that sometimes they can sound really generic, like, oh, I love working with her. Great. But so, so generic, it's not really, it's not juicy enough. You know, I'd say at least a sentence or two is, is something that's really going to work. And if it is really short, it needs to be really punchy. So something that's a little more fun or more descriptive than I love working with her, you know, Um, or it could be something like, you know, the posts that she did increase my business, blah, blah, blah. Something like that is great. If you can get, when you request a testimonial, if you can get someone to give you back kind of the numbers or something specific. That's the key to like a really good testimonial is having one little tidbit of, you know, something that's really specific. So like a result or an ROI, a return on investment would be a Mm -hmm. great thing to include if you can get that. Yeah. If you can get it. Influencers frequently ask when they should use a media kit. Uh, what's the, when, when do I send it? How does that all work? Can you mm-hmm. sort of give us an idea of the, the best time to send it or scenarios where someone may not realize they should send a media kit? Lots of times, I think you've probably seen in Facebook groups, there's always conversations about pitches that people get from brands. And, you know, it's lot. It's really easy just to knock a pitch that you feel is, you know, not something you should respond to or, oh, they don't understand bloggers or whatever, right? Those are the <laughs> times where you can respond back with some information about you know, what you do offer. And time and time again, it can often lead to, to a paid, you know, paid partnership with, with that brand. So that's one thing is, you know, never be afraid to reach, reach out to, to someone who responds to you. Another, another way is just to pitch brands via email. So you can send a short pitch to someone you want to work with, introduce them to your blog, and then, you know, attach the media kit. Keep, keep the email short. What you don't want to do is like send them this long, long multi-paragraph email, <laughs> yes. right? Keep it short send them the media kit and just leave it open to responding back. And, you know, if they want to talk, talk with you more. Another thing I think people could do is take them to conferences. And 
with the caveat of you would not want to like hand it out like a flyer <laughs> not it out and just like, you know, divvy it out. We are not doing that, but there are plenty of like the expos and the, the type parts of the, the conference where you do get to talk with brands. If they are, if they're, you know, you're having this good conversation with them and next good step is like, well, here's, you know, this, this media kit, um, tells you a little bit more about me you know, feel free to get in touch, et cetera. It's can, you can handle, hand it out along with your business card. It leaves a, a good impression that's if you do it the right way. <laughs> it's so true. And that is a phenomenal piece of advice. I go to a lot of conferences Yeah, yeah. and I'm in the expo a lot and I watch and I, I don't know that I've ever seen an influencer hand out a media kit. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like it would be so effective because the brands are, they have piles of business cards. And it would yeah. be a great way to sort of make yourself stand out. Yeah, exactly. And especially, you know, again, you wouldn't even want to, you'd want to make sure you're having this good conversation with them, not just, Hey, how's it going? Here's my media kit, right? You really yes. want to feel like you've built a little bit of a rapport with that person. And then it makes it, it's a nice professional looking media kit. And it's a professional looking next step in my opinion. I think that's a great piece of advice, um, especially because sometimes you have a short amount of time to build that rapport. But when you have that connection, you sort of know. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, exactly. This is a good, this feels right. This is going to be a really good fit. And that would be a great next step. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that. What is the biggest thing that you see when you say review somebody's media kit or see it that people miss in their media kits? I think lots of time it is about making sure they're describing their blog and their opportunities in a way that says like, what's in it for me from the perspective of the brand. You know, it's really easy to kind of say, use a lot of I statements and, you know, I do this on my blog, I write about this versus just changing the language a little bit and saying my audience really loves this or they, they struggle with this and this is how I help them. You know, if you can spin it, to talk about the audience. Again, that's the running theme through this podcast episode (laughs) is about the audience. (laughs) Yes. Um, But I think that's often a key piece missing. And then I also see that people struggle a lot talking about themselves, (laughs) you know, being able to, to talk, pull a good bio out of, you know, they feel like they don't have anything that's relevant or important to include in their bio or that's not important. And, you know, they're working with you for your audience, but they're also working with you for you. So just make sure that that's, you know, don't be shy to share your accolades with them in your media kit. We got to share our awesome, right? (laughs) You don't, no one else will. (laughs) That's exactly right. So that was the most perfect segue. I want to hear about your course before we wrap up. Share your awesome. Tell us a little bit about Media Kit Smash and what people, what influencers will learn when they take it. The course really walks through all the different pieces of what to include in a media kit, but it goes really deep. So for example, if you have trouble talking about your blog and that, and that perspective, that shift of talking about it from what the audience is versus what you do for your blog, I kind of help you with exactly how to position that, what, you know, break, I break it down step by step. Same with your bio. I include here are the things to include in your bio Here's, you know, here's how to pull information from the things that you, you know, pull things about yourself to know what to include and what not to include. So there's a lot of really big details in each individual piece, like kind of the written component of it. 
But on the other side, you know, a lot of bloggers aren't necessarily designers. And so they may have all those great things, these great things to put in their media kit, but don't know how to design one. And so the course actually comes with eight different templates that I design myself within Canva because Canva's easy to use. It's free. You know, it's just an easy win to make a nice, really professional looking media kit. So you get eight templates and you can pick which one works best for you and then just start plugging and playing, you know, like just add your stats here where put the headshot where the headshot goes. You know, it's really easy to get it looking professional. Templates are like my love language because (laughs) I am the worst. Canva scares me. It really, I am awful at it. Anytime I have to open it, I want to cry. Yeah. So anytime I hear template, I am in. That's amazing. Template plus tons of videos. So I have a video for every step of the template, like what's in, how to, how to add the image. So it's kind of, it's like a media kit course slash Canva tutorial. <laughs> I think I need to take this. <laughs> I need Canva help for sure. And the bio writing is so hard. I struggle with it. Whenever I have to hand a bio in for speaking engagements or anything, I, I, oh, bio writing is hard. It's It's an art thing to, to struggle with it for sure. All right. So before we let you go, thank you so much for all of this incredible information about media kits. We are so grateful you took the time. We asked all of our guests a bunch Uh of rapid fire questions so they Uh can know just a little bit more about you. Okay. Not hard. I promise. Okay, I can do this. And these are things that you totally can do this. These are things Danielle and I actually talk about all the time. And you know Danielle and I. I know Danielle. We're a little goofy. Is there a cat question in here? Is there a what? Cat question. Oh, a pet. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. We talked about that and we did not include one. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't want to upset anybody. I am ready. I am ready. (laughs) All right. So our first question is coffee or tea? Coffee, 100%. Yeah, that's mine. That's yes. totally my, she's a tea drinker. No coffee nope. for her. Nope. I know. What's your favorite book? It can be either business or not business. The one that pops in my head is a business book. And it was, it's, it's one I read years ago. It's called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, I think it is. Um, it's been through many editions since then, but it was in my professional like business career. It was a pivotal book for me to just kind of learn how to network. And I feel like it's helped me in all sorts of aspects um, in life with networking. I've never read that one. And we talk about networking a lot. So I'm uh-huh. going to check that one out. That's a I need one. to reread it because I know it's like many editions past because I read it in like early 2000s. So it's been a while. Oh, I'll have to check it out. That's a good one. We also talk a lot about celebration and celebrating mm-hmm. our successes. So what was the first thing you did to celebrate success in your business? I, what did I do to celebrate success? I probably bought something. (laughs) That's my answer too. (laughs) Did you have a word for the year? I did. My word for this year was rise. And I'm actually proud to say that I have stuck with it pretty well this year. That is awesome. My word was truth this year. Awesome. That's a good one too. All right. And our last one, Apple or PC? Apple. I have used a Mac since 1995. I've used a Mac since 1999. No way. I would give you a virtual high five. (laughs) When I went to law school, they Mm -hmm. couldn't use Macs. I actually am the reason why my law school started supporting Macs. Nice. 
Yes, when I was in college, they were getting rid of the Mac like labs at school, and um, I was still holding on to my Performa, which is this old tower Mac, and I've used exclusively Macs for probably eight or ten years. Yes, me too. I am <laughs> all the way. 100%. Now, tell everyone where they can find you um, so they can check out all your courses, Media Kit Smash, and everything else that you're doing. Sure. So you can find me at blogclarity.com. And then on Twitter and Pinterest, I am Mel A. Colbertson. And then on Instagram, I am actually blogclarity as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You gave us an unbelievable amount of information and we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Jamie, I'm so excited. That was such a great interview. I feel like I know so much about media kits now. It's awesome. Now, for anybody who needs the links that we mentioned in the episode, you can visit businessease.com slash episode nine. Now I don't have to be afraid of Canva anymore. (laughs) You're going to make so many beautiful things. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to get Melissa's templates and just put pictures in them because then I'll feel like I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Canva scares me. I understand. I I hope that nobody heard any of the crazy construction. Um, And so you'll have to tell us in the businesses HQ, whether or not you heard all the bizarre noises coming from the construction site next to my apartment. There's actually a man who's coming very close to my window. So that's also very interesting. And we want to hear from all of you. So tell us, for those of you listening who work at home, what is the thing that frustrates you most about working at home? We want to say thank you to everybody for all of the interaction that we have in the HQ. We love hanging out with everyone there. And you can join by visiting businessease.com slash HQ. Yeah, I love all of the people, everybody who knows of my love of black licorice, who keeps sending me the article that black licorice can kill you if you eat too much of it. And to that, I say thank you for caring about me. And um, I don't care. I'm going to keep eating it. And I love it. And I love all of you for knowing that. I love black licorice and wanting to save me from potential death. <laughs> I knew it was bad. I knew it. <laughs> it's not. It's delicious. <laughs> and I'm going to keep eating it. But I'm not kidding. No less than five people sent me that article. And I'm pretty sure it's because of my love of uh, licorice from talking about it in the HQ. So I am so excited to hear from all of you. Um, and I appreciate you caring about me. And that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. We can't wait to talk to you next week about our third tool that we recommend in your marketing toolbox. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessease.com. We'd really love to hang out with you in our Facebook group, the Business Ease HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.